Christian family on a visit to Israel landed in Tel Aviv on a Friday evening and got into their hotel, checked in, and they walked down to the lifts to find a line of Orthodox Jews waiting in line, a very long line outside one of the lifts. And above it was a Hebrew sign over the top. Now, while the other lift had no people standing in front of it, the man asked someone if the other lift was broken, and he was told, no, it wasn't broken. The man then asked why everyone was standing in this line when there were two lifts available. The man pointed at the sign in Hebrew and said, this is the Shabbat lift. And Shabbat started over an hour ago with the sun setting. Shabbat is the Hebrew for Sabbath. The man went on to explain that the Shabbat elevator stops on every one of the 32 floors of the hotel and then stops at every floor on the way back down. So no one had to break Shabbat by pushing a button on the elevator as they would that would constitute work. The man said, so the other elevator is working, fine then. The Jew said, yes, but it doesn't stop on every floor, so we can't take it. The man turned to his family and said, okay, everyone, we are taking the Jesus lift. As the family got into the lift, several Jewish people from the other line piled in behind them each one asking the man to push a button for them to stop at their floor. I suppose they reckoned that these Christians are doomed anyway, so we might as well use them to get out of the long line and get to our rooms a little faster. Now this story is an example of how a wise and loving gift from God can be misinterpreted and misapplied to a degree that really puts a burden on people that God never intended. In addition to the lifts, consider what other Shabbat rules these Orthodox Jews would have to deal with. They would have to call room service in order for them to have a light switched on in their room because turning on a light switch would also be considered work and who did the room service at the Jewish hotel Gentiles I imagine but what does Shabbat or the Sabbath day mean to us as Christians since our roots are in Judaism do all of those restrictions matter to us today obviously it's very important to God as he spoke it to the Hebrews at Mount Sinai and included it in the Ten Commandments. Violating Shabbat rules was a capital crime before Jesus came. In fact, part of the Pharisees' problem with Jesus was him supposedly violating the Shabbat rules. And that led the religious leadership of Jerusalem to plot against him and eventually pressurize Pilate to put him to death. So let's look at the commandment as it is written and explore the ancient applications, history and meaning 
behind it. And then we can look at how we are to view and apply it to our lives today. Exodus 28 to 11 says, Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall do no work. Neither you, nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that's in them. But he rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. The commandment itself points us to understand the basics of Shabbat or Sabbath. To do that, we have to go back to the very beginning. In Genesis 1 and 2, the Bible details the creation of life by God. These two chapters take us through the creation of the stars, the galaxies, then to the animal kingdom, and finishes with the creation of humanity. There are a few details there that really set up our understanding of Shabbat. And they're found in Genesis 1.31 into chapter 2. God saw that he uh, saw all that he had made and it was very good. And there was evening and there was morning. The sixth day, thus the heavens and the earth were completed By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy. Because on it, he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. (coughs) We need to understand the Bible's measure of time. A biblical day. And it's still seen this way by Jews today. And it's from evening to evening, not morning to morning as in the Western world. Although modern Israel follows the same clock we do, their days end at one minute to midnight and begins at midnight. From a religious perspective, their day ends at sunset from the time they can see the three brightest stars in the sky until the next evening when the same thing happens. That's a biblical day. (coughs) That's important to us as Christians because it explains how Jesus was in the ground three days and three nights. If you use Western society's way of explaining or marking different days, that doesn't work. However, if you use the Bible's way of marking time, it works perfectly. So if we put it on a biblical calendar, God started creation on Sunday and ceased by sunset Friday night. God then declares the seventh day to be sunset Friday to sunset Saturday to be holy, 
holy that is, set apart for God's purpose. In this case, God's purpose is rest. Rest is a holy principle and reflection of our Heavenly Father's heart. Having a God that commands you to rest is unique among world religions. All other religions and their practices revolve around doing things to gain favor favor with whatever you are worshipping. But our God orders us to regularly rest. So let's look at who God is giving this principle to. You can't interpret or understand the Ten Commandments apart from the time or situation that they were given. God is giving them to newly released slaves. They didn't get days off, sick days, holiday days, compassionate leave days or stress days. You worked or you were punished or killed. Seven days a week, 52 weeks a year for your whole adult life until you died, probably working. It was this way for 400 years for the Israelite people. What makes the fourth commandment so unique is that it shows the difference between the Egyptian gods and Yahweh, the God of Israel. It shows Israel the loving father heart of God, a God who gives them a commandment to take a full day off once a week, to do no work, rest, recharge, worship me. Can you see how revolutionary this had to be for them? How different it made them from everyone else surrounding them? Observant Jews have kept this law pretty strictly since it was given. In fact, the reason we have a two-day weekend is because of the Jews who emigrated abroad after the First and Second World Wars and many formed businesses which grew rapidly. And they had to hire Gentile labor. The Gentiles were mostly Christian and wanted Sundays off for church, while the Jews wanted Saturday off. So the compromise eventually was that both days are now considered by Western culture and its employers (coughs) to be non-work days or overtime days if they have to be worked. I know that unions would love to claim the weekend as their invention, but actually it came as a compromise between the Jewish people and the Christian people. God's ways for us was for us to work six days a week and have only one day off. So thank a Jew next time you meet one for giving us the weekend. So that's a bit of history and theology behind the Sabbath. Thank you. Let's look at what it means for us as Christians living in our modern world. If there's ever been a time we needed to understand and practice the Sabbath, 
It's in today's world. We're bombarded with everything that fights against the idea of rest. Most of us were raised to work hard. And when you're done working, go back and do some more work. Days off are for lazy people. You need at least a full-time job, a part-time job, and a home business of some type to make you successful. I remember telling my Egyptian business associate that I was retiring from my business and that my daughter would run, run it. He said, well, that's fine, but you will still go to the office, won't you? I said, no, retirement means I finish my working career. His reply was, you only stop work when you're dead. Our world today needs to return to the idea of rest. For many of us, the idea of rest sounds like sin, doesn't it? Do you know, taking a day off a week is actually honoring God. Consider that taking a day to sleep in is actually worship. I don't know about you, but um, yes, well, <laughs> I might follow that one through. <laughs> God has prescribed rest as part of our lives. It's not a rule to follow so much as a blessing that is given to us by God. Jesus and the disciples were walking through a grain field and picking the heads off and eating them as they walked. They weren't stealing. This was allowed under the law that the edges of a farmer's field was open to the public to use and pick the crops for their own consumption so they didn't go hungry while traveling. However, they were walking and doing this on the Sabbath, which violated the Pharisees' regulations regarding what could and couldn't be done during holy days. The Pharisees had an additional 39 categories of rules regarding the Sabbath day. <clears throat> and working, walking and picking grain violated at least four of them. So they notified Jesus that he and his disciples were breaking the law. In reply to the Pharisees' accusation, our Lord's reply gives us our modern understanding of the Sabbath. He said to them, The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. Now, that's the NIV version, but I love how the New Living Translation says this. Then Jesus said to them, the Sabbath was made to meet the needs of people and not people to meet the requirements of the Sabbath. Let me unpack what Jesus was saying. God created humanity to work. Back in Genesis, God creates Adam and Eve and introduces them to each other and immediately places them in a garden to work it. That was God's plan in the beginning. It's also God's plan for the end. God's plan is unchanging. For those who see heaven as a cloud, a harp, and a very long nap are going to be very surprised when they get there. In the end, 
Jesus is preparing a place for us in heaven. That word place has been misunderstood. It's understood, <clears throat> misunderstood to be a huge house with angelic servants. Place in the Greek primarily means position, a job. It's not just a mansion on a hill for eternal retirement. It's a specific job that will help help him reign and rule over the universe. Humanity is created to work. In fact, most of us find our identity and sense of self-worth through the jobs we do and how well we do them. God knows that, and he also knows that Satan will attempt to take that God-given desire for work and supercharge it to the point that it kills us spiritually and physically. That's why God commands us to rest. The Sabbath was given not to impose a requirement that we have to follow and check off a spiritual to-do list to earn God's favor. It's a gift of a father that is looking out for his children because he loves them. So now let's apply it to our lives today and rest in the Father's embrace. Many companies today are even taking up this idea for their executives. Instead of allowing them to burn out and quit, they offer them a sabbatical, a period from their duties for several weeks or even a few months to recharge and refuel. Rest isn't something that comes naturally to most of us unless it's put on a calendar. In fact, rest and Sabbath should be the first thing you put on your calendar, not the last thing you try and squeeze in. And I'm slowly but surely trying to work that into my calendar. Most of us probably feel a bit guilty taking a whole day off. But for you who are stressed out, worn down, living on life's edge of burnout, this is for you. And then actually, take your rest. Insanity is defined as doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. But so, if you are on that ragged edge of burnout and exhaustion, try God's way. Plan to rest. We need to manage our time in the church. We talk a lot about giving of our time, our money, our talents. But we don't talk a lot about handling our time. You can earn more money. You can develop a talent, but you can't get more time. That's why handling our time wisely is so important and why rest needs to be a top priority when we make our plans and diaries. We must learn to rest from all worldly stimulation. And that means we have to turn off our TVs unless it's something restful and spiritual. Turn off the news, turn off the computers, and most importantly for us today, put away our smartphones or at least disable them for a day. 
When I was studying for this message, I found an article that really surprised me. It seems that the medical profession has added smartphone addiction to its list of addictive mental illnesses that psychiatrists use to diagnose mental illness. It's said that smartphone addiction is becoming the number one addiction in the world. Research has confirmed that using smartphones to text or use social media trigger the same brain chemical, dopamine, that gambling, pornography, smoking, drinking, drug use produce an addiction to our brains. Now, I'll be honest, when I first read that, I thought, what a load of rubbish. I have these sort of things happening occasionally. But then I started to think about it. Just look around you when you're next walking along a street. You'll see people looking at their phones, texting someone. Look at couples in a restaurant. I remember seeing a couple sitting opposite each other, and they were both on their mobile phones. Now, I have to confess, I'm guilty of it myself. This is a problem in our society. That's why I wanted to bring the need for Sabbath rest right down to where we live today. We need Sabbath from these things also. If there is anything other than God that you feel you can't live without, that's an idol and probably an addiction that you need to either put aside or have regular Sabbaths from before it becomes an addiction. Finally, we need to remember the most important thing that the Bible teaches us about the Sabbath. Hebrews 4.9 tells us, There remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For anyone who enters God's rest also rests from their works, just as God did from his. Let us therefore make every effort to enter that rest so that no one will perish by following their example of disobedience. That rest is not just found in honoring one day out of seven, but found in the person of Jesus Christ. Jesus said, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Many people need that rest that God is offering through Jesus. Just ask and you shall receive. And if you need help, I'm sure that you can speak to either Adele or Martin. That is, providing they're not on their mobile phones. Amen.